0: Hey guys, hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is when it starts and ends, spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're finishing up the chapter, James 4, verses 13 through 17. You know, more than anything else in the world, I want God's perfect will for my life. I really do. You know, I love getting up early and greeting the early morning mist with a warm hello, but the second the sun pokes its head above the horizon, the mist vanishes. Let out a warm breath on a cold New England morning and watch it disappear right in front of your eyes. That is the perfect picture of our lives on earth compared to eternity. Life is short, with heavenly defined bookends on either side. Although we do not know the exact expiration date written in invisible ink on our birth certificates, our days are numbered. Life is short, and there are no video replays or rewind buttons. David hints to us that a normal lifespan is about 70 years, or for those exceptionally strong, maybe 80. But even those years are soon gone. But when we take out our cell phones, multiply our ages by 365, and then subtract that number from the 25,550 days we get, we get an idea of the brevity of our lives. Most of you listening or reading this meditation still have many days on your short life to live. As I write, I'm like down to like one thousand seven hundred days left. And I don't want to waste one day of this fleeting breath of life. Rather than making plans for my life, I just want my heart so in tune with God's will for me that I do not miss one tiny little opportunity to please him and encourage others. Do you catch yourself kind of racing through the hustle and the bustle of life as if God does not exist? God wants you to wisely plan ahead. But he does not want you to leave him out of the process. Just as teachers with classrooms filled with junior high students have to do all they can to hold the attention of their distracted pupils. So James is saying, come now, listen, I need your attention. Look this way. Shh. Once James had their attention, he exposed the wrong thinking with a simple word instead. He is following God's plan for heart change, showing what needs to be put off And one needs to be put on. He's describing an issue to flee and gives the alternative to follow. So what is so important that James insists on complete attention before he speaks? Here it is. You ready? You who say today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make profit, are forgetting about the most important principle in planning for your future. You are kind of devising a master plan without consulting the master planner. James then says instead you ought to say if the Lord wills we shall live and do this or that. What is missing in the James four hundred thirteen plan is clearly revealed in the James four hundred fifteen plan. If the Lord wills, do you ask for God's wisdom and understanding when you are faced with a life-changing decision? Sadly, some even leave God out of their plans and choosing a life work or a life made. Interestingly, Uh, God invites us to go boldly, confidently to his throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find grace, his divine enablement, when we need it most, which is most of the time. There are two reasons why it's a bit absurd to leave God out of our plans. Number one, the uncertainty of life, and number two, the brevity of life. We're not fortune tellers and have no crystal balls at our disposal. We do not know what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow. We can guess, conjecture, and suppose we think we know, but we cannot know for sure. Why? Because we're not omniscient. We all need to stop, take a breath, and remind ourselves that God is. So it just makes sense for James to write. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Why would we not want to ask for guidance and counsel from the one who knows all things and wants the best for our lives? We must just trust our all-knowing, all-loving Heavenly Father. But not only the uncertainty of life should drive us to God, but also the brevity of life. James asks and answers the question for us. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. All our planning for wealth, prosperity, and success is focused on a few short years at the end of our life on earth. God could have taken us to his heavenly home the second we put our faith and trust in the resurrected Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, but he didn't. He is preparing us for eternity. He is wanting us to impact others for eternity. Life is not to make us happy, but it's to make us holy. All things work together for good, not so that we can be comfortable for a few short years, but so we can be more Christ-like every single day. So James confronts those who think that they have arrived without God's help by literally calling them arrogant. Those who boast and brag about being successful, self-made men will be reminded that all that they have accomplished will be gone in the blink of an eye. So all of us know that the right thing to do is to totally submit to our sovereign God and follow his plan for our lives. Anyone who proudly rejects God's will to accomplish their own selfish will will someday realize that such a mindset is not success, but sin. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Lord, please, your will be done in my life and in the life of all those who are meditating with me today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Hey, our time's up. But remember, today's a day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good day.